Welcome to Toolbox Talks, the newest podcast for contractors and tradespeople in the home services industries. Listen and learn from different thought leaders as they share their personal and professional journeys, and reflect on industry trends and other ideas about how to grow your company. Let's get started. In this episode of Toolbox Talks, I'd like to introduce Emily Howard, Editor-in-Chief of American Painting Contractor. Hey, Emily, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for jumping on the call and not skiing today in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, the season is, is, is almost, it's, it's just starting. So, you know, it's going to be tough to find me in about a month. <laughs> well, try, to, try to get me a discount from Florida if you can. <laughs> yes. The price of lift tickets keeps on going up and up every year. So it's, it's unbelievable. You have to have a season pass. I think that's, that's like the only way to do it now. Yeah. So, well, as, as you know, we've been talking for a couple months now and our company toolbox is involved in the home services industry and you being involved in the painting industry. We just love to understand a little bit more about your publication and some industry trends just sort of have an open dialogue about uh, where the painting industry is going. So if you can yeah, just, just sure. start off, just explain more about the, uh, your publication. Yeah, yeah. So American Painting Contractor, APC, as, as we finally call it, the APC that a lot of people call it. Um, so we are a publication. We are 96 years old. Actually, we've been publishing since 1924. Um, and we have, have recently, in the last few years, obviously, we've branched out from the print publication. We're a monthly publication. But we also have started doing podcasts. We do virtual or digital uh, editorial. We do videos. Um, we're actually holding our very first virtual event coming up here in uh, December, um, which we might talk a little bit about. Um, But we're just a publication solely dedicated to the professional painting market for residential, commercial, and industrial. Um, We cover all kinds of things from new products to good business practices um, to um, trends in the industry like you were talking about, to changes in the industry, to technology, um, all of those different things and just lots of different mediums. And with the, with the world being what it is right now, are you, are you continuing with the physical publication or is it more been going to a digital uh, publication? Um, so it's been interesting. We, uh, you know, obviously just like everybody else has been a roller coaster of a year. Um, we didn't know, um, we really didn't know what the year was going to look like, especially back in March. Um, you know, I remember getting the phone call from the first couple of contractors, the first ones that we heard from were out in California, um, who said that they were, they were being forced to close down because they weren't considered essential businesses. Um, and our editorial engines, you know, were, were already starting to move in that direction, but it, it still happened relatively quickly, I think. Uh, so we kicked things into super high gear. We definitely had those conversations about whether or not, you know, a printed publication would work. Um, we decided to go ahead and, and keep moving with it because, um, you know, a lot of contractors are getting APC, you know, not only up to their office that they handed around to their crews and stuff, but they're also getting it in their homes. And we knew since these were business owners, they still had access to their offices. So we really kept the publication going. But you know, we rolled out a number of different things. Uh, Benjamin Moore partnered with us and we started doing a COVID tip of the of the week, you know, to start talking about, you know, PPP loans and, and what type of preparations uh, you needed to be making um, if 
you know, in some areas, businesses were closed down, completely forced to close down other areas who weren't really being affected very much. And then some areas that found themselves in the middle, they were able to continue to work, but they were seeing some, um, you know, some stresses from employees who uh, may have had health conditions, who may have had family members with health conditions. They didn't want to be in other people's homes. And then also it was, you know, it was still March. It was the interior season. So we had a lot of homeowners. We got reports from contractors and homeowners who didn't want people in their house. So they were trying to push out all of the, all of the jobs that were happening. So we did see, you know, I would say a slowdown in March and April. And we actually did a weekly survey on contractors to see, you know, where those slowdowns were happening, both geographically um, and then in specific sectors of the market, like residential versus commercial. Um, and, you know, those numbers went up and down and kind of all over the place uh, for two months. And then in May, we saw things really open up again. And um, everybody who had been pushing their, their work were suddenly ready to get it done, right? Because, you know, not only could they get it done, but they had also been stuck in their homes for two months and they were ready for some changes. Um, and then in addition to that, we, you know, I think contractors really saw a, a pretty heavy flood of, of business there May, June, July. We've had a lot of contractors say this is the biggest year they've ever had. Um, and, um, we just completed our annual operations survey and we actually saw that a little over 50% or actually just under 50%, I'm sorry, saw growth in 2020 and not a decline. I think we only saw about 12% of contractors reporting a decline in business, um, this year. So all told it that's went really, yeah, that's pretty incredible. decently. Yeah. Given the yeah. pandemic, that's a really a great segue also considering the pandemic that your industry is flourishing when many industries, of course, are, you know, hitting rock bottom. Gratitude, gratitude, yeah. gratitude. That's what, what Paul said. So how do you, how do you think with the segue of, of the pandemic and COVID, how it's affected? And it sounds like it's been more of a positive because the homeowners are now putting, want, want to redo their homes, get a fresh paint, you know, new furniture. Mm -hmm. But are you seeing with now being close to the holidays that there could be a, a turn backwards or is the industry at large very excited about the next quarter or quarter? <sighs> Well, it's interesting. So we're getting conflicting reports everywhere. <laughs> and um, that's, you know, about mid-year. I said, I'm not going to forecast anymore because I'm, I'm always wrong. Um, but it's, it's the winter is going to be interesting. You know, nobody was, was quite sure how the, how the winter was going to affect everyone. I think one thing that, that the industry has prepped itself for is, is that as, as, you know, the exterior season comes to a close, people are moving inside that, um, you know, number one, there are going to have to be some precautions that are put into place. So a lot of people are talking about how they're going to seal off the rooms that they're working in, how they're going to stagger their crews, um, how they're going to communicate to homeowners that they are being safe. Um, in the midst of, you know, what could, well, what is now the, the highest cases that we've seen in the U.S., um, you know, how they're going to, how they're going to make homeowners feel safe um, and business owners feel safe about uh, people from the outside coming in. Um, and then secondly, I think one thing that we all learned from the last eight months was, you know, you saw the market kind of shrink up. Um, in, in March and April and people were having to do layoffs and, um, you know, we were, we were already tight, um, on people coming into the painting industry anyways. So when things open back up 
getting crew members back into work, um, mm-hmm. getting your scheduling set up so that, you know, you could, you could take advantage of this influx of work. It's, as much as possible um, and make as much money as you possibly could while the, you know, while there was money to be made. Um, So scalability became a really interesting topic of conversation. I think with everybody, how do you create the business that you can kind of scale back when things are slowing down, but that you can scale very, very quickly um, when needed. And so this is where a conversation of technology has really become kind of a forefront for us is how do you build tech systems into your business that allow you to get as much work done as you can when there's work to get done. That's another good segue with technology, which is always paramount to all of us. Are you seeing that your industry is starting to use technology to help grow their companies and become more efficient with their day-to-day? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're going to see more of it over the next six months. Um, so again, you know, surveys that we've been taking through all of this, um, we've, we've started to skew it um, to to really start focusing and asking a lot more questions about technology. Um, in this past survey that we took, we saw about 51% of contractors were uh, planning to implement some type of technology in their business over the next six months. Um, of course, you know, again, naturally the business, the, the painting industry will slow down during the winter. So this is a very natural time for people to be focused on their businesses. Um, and with COVID, there is the potential that it could slow down even more. Um, so people getting people getting prepped for 2021 and implementing technology is, is one of those big pieces that they're using to prep for 2021. Is there a specific feature or skill set that the contractor or the painter are looking for within technology to help them fix a gap in their businesses? Is there anything in your surveys that you hear about? So generally speaking, I would say that right now, a lot of contractors are trying to better understand what's out there. Um, All-in-one solutions, of course, are very, very interesting to people. But, you know, not not all all all-in-one solutions fit all contractors. I would say that painting industries are very unique. Um, So better understanding their needs and their processes, and then being able to speak openly with, with tech companies that are providing solutions about how the technology fits into their business and not how their business needs to change in order to fit the technology. I think that's going to be one of the really big conversations because I don't think it's going to be any one specific piece estimating software or production software that people are, are looking to implement. You know, all of those things kind of kind of go hand in hand and and we're seeing, you know, more companies that are be able to prep that are able to provide solutions for that. Yes, as, as we've done our research over the past couple of years, we find that all types of contractors, painters and otherwise, want to enjoy doing their craft and really don't enjoy the back office and don't mm-hmm. enjoy doing the invoicing, don't enjoy doing all the other stuff. They really want to be out there doing their trade. And so I agree with you wholeheartedly that this yeah. is really the future to make their companies more efficient. Right. Yeah. I don't think anybody enjoys data entry or invoicing. (laughs) Like it's just somebody, somebody, you know, strike me down. There's probably people out there that do, but no, for the most part, that's not the kind of thing. Like we've seen, we've heard some incredible stories over the last few months, you know, companies who said, you know what, I didn't want to get on the phone with customers and write down their name and their address. No, I totally, totally agree. I find that so many contractors are so busy with their day-to-day jobs and it almost takes a day to take a step 
behind and work on the systems to make mm -hmm. companies, whether it's a one person solo contractor or a larger painting organization to um, really have that efficiency going forward. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because there's a lot of communication that has to happen in the service industry. You know, you've got to, the person has to find you. You have to give them an estimate. Um, you need to schedule the time with them and with the crew or yourself. If, if you're the one doing the work, you need to send out reminders. You need to do the work. Then you have to build the work. Then you've got to collect on the work. And it's just a lot of tiny steps that have to happen that go into every single job. And if you can automate even three of those steps, it's, it's time that's saved that can be spent doing something else. Yeah, not to have a plug for Toolbox, but we've built this automated system of about 12 features right now. And we've had contractors that use one feature or use all 12 features. And it right. just does, it does make you know, his or her business run a little more smoothly. Well, and I think like that adoption curve, like that's an important point to bring up too, right? The ability to to bring in the pieces that you're ready to adopt in your business, because not all businesses are ready to completely automate, you know, their their sales production and billing process. Um, that's something that that takes time and it takes thought. Um, you know, the technology by itself doesn't necessarily wholeheartedly solve the problem. You have to have processes and systems already worked into your business um, and that the ability to bring those on kind of piece by piece as you're working out those systems is is really beneficial I think with with your readership do you find from your surveys is it more the solo contractor or is it the larger companies or is it a mix of both as we found with our research that depending on the scale of the size of the company those companies may employ different types of technologies based upon so one person organization or if it's a larger with, with different crews. I was curious with the complexion of your, your um, readership. So we see a little bit of everything. Um, you know, I would say with our last survey, we found that about 25% um, of, our, of our readership was, which was much smaller, so under $100,000 in revenue. Um, and then 30% were over a million dollars in revenue. And mm -hmm. then we've got the rest that are sitting right there in between. But it is really interesting because the owner really sets the stage for what that company is going to look like. I've seen one to three man shops who have their entire sales price process completely automated because everybody wants to be on the job site. Um, you know, everybody's working on the job site. Uh -huh. They don't want to worry about having to go out to do estimates. They don't want to worry about sitting in the office and sending email reminders. We'll be here at this time. We'll call you on our way. Um, and then I've seen really large million plus companies that have very little technology built into their systems. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting to see. I think the, the beauty of technology is, is that the way it looks right now is, is that it can be implemented into any size of business. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to be 10 plus to add technology into your business because a lot of it is not as expensive as you're thinking. Um, you know, but on the, on the flip side of that, you know, larger companies are, if, if they aren't technically advanced yet, are really having to step back and look at their processes and the systems that they have in place so that they can, they can have an educated approach to shopping for the technology that's going to fit them. Right. And it really has leveled the playing field between the one person solo contractor and the larger companies. And you're right. The smaller ones are more nimble, many times more entrepreneurial and, mm -hmm. and be more techie. And they, and that technology can really help propel their businesses to become more profitable. Yeah. So yeah. It's an exciting time. It's an interesting, it's, it's an interesting time to see businesses evolving like this. Yeah.
What are you seeing it for the for 2021? Are there any really cool new products or services? I know we've talked about technology for a few minutes that are coming out in the industry. So many things. <laughs> um, so we one. actually, uh, we actually, I, I've got a couple that I'll that I'll throw out there. You know, we probably in the magazine we we have a section that we dedicate just to new products, and you know, we probably have forty eight new products that are coming out every single month in the industry. Wow. So we're seeing a lot of new premium paints come into the uh, space. Um, we've got a lot of organizational products. Purdy just came out with a with a new cut bucket um, that makes you know switching between. Between your your roller and your brush a little bit easier they've got an awesome new backpack um, so that you know people who who are going from their job site and carrying all their tools have this backpack that's really kind of cool and ergonomic and organized um, what we've got dap just came out with a really new interesting thin patching product um, that that was pretty cool we've got uh, there's a company called outpack um, that came out with with a new like a washout system you know that one thing that a lot of contractors and painters have asked is, you know, where do you wash out your brushes? Um, you know, you don't necessarily want to do it in somebody's sink. You mm -hmm. don't necessarily want to do it in somebody's yard in their garden. Sure, right. So what are your choices? A lot of people are kind of, um, you know, they're taking the stuff back to the shop and handling it there. But Out Outpack has a cool washout system that allows you to go ahead and do that on site without leaving anything behind. Um, we've seen a lot of new products come from painting contractors in the last, um, in the last year or so. There's one that just came out probably a month ago that's called Dipless Brush, and it's actually a paintbrush that you can put onto your your sprayer, and really? it helps you back brush after after you've been spraying. Which it, and and again, coming from a painting contractor, um, there's one called Paintbrush Water Hangers where you can hang your brush on the side of your bucket and kind of let it soak overnight, and it helps keep your cleans really your brushes really uh, really nice and new and clean looking. Um, Zeus Painting Products came out. With with a really cool lid system so that you don't have to bang those metal lids back onto uh, back onto your one gallon uh, paint buckets anymore. Um, there's something called the caulking finger, which is really interesting. And it's basically this kind of rubber finger that you can use to put caulk on to various places so that your finger doesn't get tired or if it's a rough area and you don't, you know, you don't want to cut your finger up, then you can use this. So that's, there's tons of stuff. Every incredible. single month we see new stuff come out. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. The innovation happening in uh, the painting spaces is fun to follow. No, the, the creativity of these entrepreneurs to find these niche products and services is, is mind boggling. It's like, it's like a little yeah. short tank within the painting industry. It is. It is. We did something for a long time called Paint Tank. Uh, where uh, where contractors who invented products would uh, enter their products, and we'd let the readers vote on what their favorite one was, and uh, the winner got uh, got like five thousand dollars in advertising in APC. Very very cool. Well, thank you, thank you. Anything else you want to share before we end the podcast? No, no, I think that's good. You have been terrific, and thank you for joining Toolbox Talks. We look forward to working together and being a um, valuable asset and an advertiser going forward. And um, anything happens again, we'd love to have you back on Toolbox Talks. I'd love it. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Emily. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at Toolbox Payment and download the Toolbox Payment app to drive more profitable business today. Until the next podcast.